With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds for the next two hours. And we're really going to dive deep into the AFC and the NFC championship games today, Wes. Of course, we're going to have Will Hill join us. And, of course, get Will, I like to call him the king of New York, talk about his podcast. But also going to get his thoughts, really, on these two critical games coming up this weekend in the NFL to figure out who, in fact, will move on to the Super Bowl and maybe which way you should lay down some of that money before you do on a Sunday afternoon. So, Wes, let's dive in first just to the AFC matchup here with the Bengals and the Chiefs. In the next block, we'll really get into the NFC. But we see where the Chiefs opened up, and it felt like immediately there was some some buys on Kansas City. Everybody Mm -hmm. really did like the Chiefs here. So uh, it did open up six and a half. That number now has gone up to seven and a half here for the full game. So that is a significant move from where it was initially released at getting over that key number of seven, getting to this to the seven and a half number. And you see the uh, total here right now, 54 and a half is what we're seeing. So let's just start off right there. When you saw the initial line move up, to Kansas City by a full point over that seven number. Did that surprise you at all? Is that because, man, Kansas City looks so good, de facto championship game against Buffalo. There's no way they're going to lose to Cincinnati. Not really a surprise to me because I think what did we hear all week leading up to that Sunday night divisional game was this is the de facto AFC championship game. So no surprising that the market perception is going to drive that up seven, even some seven and a halves out there. But this is not something I bet yet. But if I can get if I get seven and a hook, I do lean Cincinnati Mm. here in this spot, because, look, if you look at just the raw numbers of this game, we know Mahomes led the league uh, or at least over the last weekend in terms of the teams that were in the divisional round had the most yards passing at 378 and 69 yards rushing. However, when you look at Burrow and Mahomes' numbers this year, including the postseason, Burrow's number three, only behind Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes in com- composite expected points added. That's EPA. That's kind of a metric that people use, you know, maybe in some of the advanced analytics in the league. And also completion percentage over expectation was third in the league. Defensively, the Bengals have actually been better. Mm-hmm. Overall expected points added, drop back expected points added, and rush expected points added. Uh, you look, uh, the Bengals have already beaten this team. Remember just a few weeks ago, Joe Burrow put five bills oh, man. on these guys. And so I think that they're absolutely live underdogs. Joe Burrow on the road away from the jungle, nine and five against the number Bengals this year, five and one against the number as road underdogs. And one interesting thing that I did find as the officials got announced last night, and you can go to at West Reynolds one. I did tweet this out. The AFC championship game is getting Bill Vinovich 
uh, who is one of my favorite NFL referees, and why he's one of my favorite NFL referees is because he stays the hell out of the way. There we go. He actually calls the least amount of penalties. I'm, I'm uh, going back through my numbers here. He calls the least amount of penalties of any crew. Now, there are mixed crews, keep in mind, right. here in the playoffs, but Bill Vinovich's crew, I think the referee sets the tone and tenor of how a game is going to be called. 148 penalties in 16 games Bill Vinovich's crew has called. They never called a roughing the passer all season long in 16 games. So I don't think you're going to see, based on the numbers of what we've seen for a season sample size, you are not going to see, I think, you know, all of a sudden this game get over officiated. I don't mm. think Bill Vinovich is going to allow that. We'll get to the exact opposite when we talk about the <laughs> NFC championship game. By well, the way. How, how do you feel that that, because that is very significant, obviously, when you look at the crews and certainly with, with Bill Vinovich being the leader of that crew, to your point, it, it probably should kind of manifest its down way down to the other officials in this crew. How do you think that that affects the game flow, that it, it allows it to flow naturally so there won't be a lot of start and stops? Is that mm-hmm. helping over 54? Does that help? An it under? very well could help an over if you're not getting a lot of offensive holding penalties. I think uh, when I saw the numbers for Vinovich, I believe he only called 31 in terms of 16 games. So that's just slightly under two a game. That's not going to make a huge difference. Now, when you have other referees that are calling, you know, three or more a game, then that does end up making a huge difference. Uh, He only called 24 false starts this year, only called 12 defensive pass interferences in 16 games, only called defensive holding four times, only called offensive pass interference three times. So that tells you you're not getting a lot of stops and starts in the game, which means you're getting a quicker game from a time standpoint, which is uh, good for those of us that are on the air during the games uh, when (laughs) it doesn't drag over and we can actually get a game into a, into a window of a show, but you know, I, I think that that is going to really be good for both teams. I would certainly at least lean early on. I have not bet this accordingly. The over the total is up to 54 and a half at bet MGM's pretty much uh, 54, 54 and a half in the market. So I think it very well could be. And look, we did see an over in the first meeting, much like we yes. saw an over in the first meeting with Buffalo and Kansas city. And then we saw one, uh, you know, kind of slowed down. And then all of a sudden Boy. everything got crazy. Uh, after the chiefs kicked that <laughs> field goal, uh, they tried the bell or on third down uh, on a pitch play that did not work. So then that kind of changed the pace of the game. And then Buffalo took the lead and then Kansas city took the lead. Buffalo took the lead and then 13 seconds, this game's over, not so much. And then we go to overtime. And then of course we know what happened there. So, you know, at seven and a half, I would be interested at a pure seven and a half. I'd be more interested in the full game on Cincinnati bet. MGM does have seven and a half, but minus seven and a half, even money on the Chiefs. So you got to pay a buck 20 if you want to get that hook and especially in a game like this where the numbers are so tight. Yeah, it's interesting too because again, the Chiefs right now are 7-0 to the over in their last seven games overall, right? So, I know they were playing good defense there for a stretch. It looks like that defense can be gotten to again as you referenced the first matchup. They almost got that total in the first half. Mm -hmm. That's how easy it was for Cincinnati to score. I can't imagine that's going to be the same game plan that they see from Steve Spagnuolo and his defense, but you got to think Cincinnati is going to be primed to score some points here. Does that switch if you anticipate where the line might go? 
if it goes under that seven, does that switch the handicap at all? Or is the seven the tightest number? And then certainly, as you mentioned, over that seven, you might have the proclivity to play the bank. It's going to dance around this number. I mean, you're going to get, I think, enough support. I don't think it's just going to be one-way traffic on the Chiefs. So if you're getting the hook, I think that you're going to like Cincinnati. If Cincinnati all of a sudden gets the support at six and a half, you're going to be seeing the Chiefs get laid. And plus, it's still in that teaser range. Now, you only have one other game that you can pair it with, that being the NFC title game. So, look, I see the 49ers. I, I, I think the Chiefs and the 49ers will be the popular teaser of the sure. week because the 49ers, you can still you can get it up to like nine and a half on a six-point teaser. This is the team that did sweep the Rams in the regular season. So, Chiefs just to win the game down to like minus one. I think that that's going to be the popular teaser at the window this weekend. So, you know, but, but without a teaser implication, I think it's going to depend really on the key number. Conference championship favorites by the way of more than a field goal, which the Chiefs are here. 15 and eight against the number that's 65 percent since 2004 so you know it's kind of one of those things like when we talk about college football dave as we get to like the january first bowl games because mm -hmm. like the underdogs really get there early in the lesser bowl games but then when we get to the big kids the faves the favorites usually get there and then that's kind of what you see the heavy favorite usually wins in the playoffs but I mean, I think that getting seven and a hook, I think that this is a lot closer than maybe we're anticipating here. I think, you know, you don't want to get into that, okay, it's a foregone conclusion. The Chiefs slayed the dragon. They right. beat the Bills. Because sometimes when that happens, then it's like, even though the stakes are higher the next game, it's like such a come down. And then you kind of sure. take this team for granted. It's like the Cincinnati Bengals don't belong here. Because look, look at what people are going to see from Saturday. The Cincinnati Bengals somehow found a way to win. Joe Burrow got sacked nine times Ooh. you don't win when you get sacked nine times no. but it helps your cause when the other team turns it over three times which Ryan Tannehill and the Titans did so look Bengals are used to playing in one score games uh, 11 one score games this season so that is a lot of close games and then when you look at Mahomes as great as he is and as great as he was on Sunday 13, 15, and one against the number as a favorite of more than a touchdown I, I don't remember Ferris being sick nine times he wasn't sick. He was playing hooky. So when you see the first half number, Wes, and, and I'm trying to get inside your brain here, and I think I'm picking up what you're putting down, that you really might like the Bengals here in that first half number of getting four and a half because you kind of emptied the tank against Buffalo, and now you got to come back against a team that does have some ways to score some points on you, and all of a sudden you kind of get that better number. Again, we don't know who might get the extra possession with the coin toss, but that four and a half number sticks out to me, even if Kansas City gets off to a slow start. You know, maybe they recover in the second half, but that first half could really be some value there. Well, here's what you worry about on the Bengals side, and it's already taxed in a number, as you can see on the graphic, minus four and a half, minus a dollar fifteen. Cincinnati usually is a slow starting team. They are 29th and first quarter DVOA per football outsiders. The defense ranks 28th and second quarter DVOA. And then when you look at them on the road, the offense 25th on the road while on mm. the, uh, the defense ranks 31st on first downs. I think one of the things with Cincinnati and I brought it up last week and I think you kind of saw it early on. They overcommit to the run game on early downs. They run probably way too much on first down and then, you know, because 
because I think what they were so scared because they dropped back to pass and since or Tennessee got a couple early sacks right. on first down. So that's why I think Zach Taylor again company got real conservative where it's like, okay, we got to run the ball. We can't be losing yards because Joe Burrow did get sacked nine times, but I still believe you have to see Cincinnati throw the ball more on first down. You have to see them be aggressive. Look, this chiefs defense, as much as it improved, keep in mind, the honey badger went to the locker yeah. room to Ron Matthew with the concussion didn't return. And boy, you really saw his absence oh, too, because Gabriel Davis, uh, and I tweeted out during, during the end of the game, I was like, is this contract year for Gabriel Davis? Cause he just made a lot of money in about 30 <laughs> minutes here. And you could see Jamar chase and the Bengals receivers, uh, being able to produce without Matthew in there. And, uh, the chiefs, uh, just very much struggled to stop the pass down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely did. I mean, uh, Davis was wide open on some of those plays without the, the honey badger back there. So again, uh, the Bengals did get off to that good start last week in Tennessee. Led 6-0 after the first quarter, but just two field goals and started off on that first play interception of Ryan Tannehill. You don't expect to come uh, this week, potentially from Patrick Mahomes. All right, when we come back, let's dive into the NFC and get our early thoughts there. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel? It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Playoff season. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522-4700. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on Vista. We got into the AFC to open up the show. Let's get to the NFC game here. Between, if you had the Niners and the Rams and the NFC title game, kudos to you because I don't think a lot of people saw what the two and the four seeds uh, well, no, the four and the six seeds, I believe, coming out of the NFC here with the right to go to the Super Bowl. So right now we saw it open up early with about four for L.A. It's down to three and a half here at BetMGM. And again, that total has come down from 47 down to 46. So some quick moves here. Half point down with San Francisco taking some money and people thinking this is going to be a game played close to the vest and maybe the under 
would play. Obviously, the game went over for the Rams and mm-hmm. went under for the Niners in that uh, winter wonderland of Lambeau Field last week. So what do you make of those initial numbers? Let's start with the line move down to three and a half with the Rams. Yeah, maybe the tax was a little bit too high because the tax was in the number because what we do know is that the 49ers, by the way, swept the season series against the Rams. Sean McVay, by the way, three and seven in his career, straight up in ATS against Kyle Shanahan. And consider that Sean McVay is 44-32-2, and two, 58% against the number against all other coaches. So Shanahan has clearly had Sean McVay's number and had it twice this year, both in Santa Clara and down at SoFi Stadium. So the tax was, I think, initially put into that number. I think I know Superbook was out there at minus four and then mm-hmm. quickly went to three and a half. And that's kind of where the number is right now. And I'm seeing at least a little bit more early support in the week for the 49ers. And what I mean by that tax is because the Rams got swept in the season series. So bookmakers know the old you know, adage, it might be kind of a cliche. You especially see it come college basketball time. Like when you get to college or conference tournaments and a team got swept in the season series, it's hard to beat a team three times. So that is already put into the number. So they're making you pay for that. If you like the Rams here and look, I talked about uh, the uh, McVeigh uh, trends there, but also uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who looked, let's be honest of the four remaining quarterbacks that are uh, in the conference championship games, had the worst performance last week. Yeah. I mean, you know, w- was not very good. Nevertheless, he's 11 and three as a road underdog under Kyle Shanahan. So somehow, some way he got it done. And you got to give credit to, to the 49ers, especially uh, D'Amico Ryans, uh, the former Alabama linebacker, former mm-hmm. NFL player. It was a masterclass really against Green Bay because Green Bay, you know, it looked like, oh God, they're running away with this game. They scored early. San Francisco was doing nothing, just kind of hanging around. But D'Amico Ryans and that defense made him hang around because Green Bay was very pedestrian to borderline pathetic offensively after that first drive. Once you got in that second quarter, they really didn't do much on offense. You know, the turnover by Mercedes probably changed the momentum of the game. But when you go back to this 49ers uh, Rams matchup, and I'll go back to that last matchup in week 18, Rams were playing for the division title. The Niners needed that win to make the playoffs. And remember LA jumped off to that 17 to nothing start, but they only had 123 yards after that. It was 17, nothing. We were all saying, okay, maybe they got to get Jimmy G out. His thumbs hanging by a thread here. Maybe <laughs> you got to go with the kid, Trey Lance. And then Jimmy G, you know, let's give him credit. He, he sacked up right. And he made a couple big throws. He made that big throw. I think to Kittle that put him in field goal range where they got three before the half. San Francisco ends up coming back to win the game. That was the only loss ever in the history of Sean McVay's head coaching career when he had a halftime lead. That's right. So he's now 45 and one when he leads at halftime. Matthew Stafford got sacked five times. Rams couldn't run the ball. 49ers came back to win in overtime. The statistics would tell you that the 49ers probably dominated that second game. 449 to 265 in yardage, even without Trent Williams. Remember, mm-hmm. he didn't go in that week 18 game. Rams were 10 of 17 on third down three or four in the red zone and that's what kept it competitive and there you see you saw that graphic a moment ago the week 10 meeting was domination by the 49ers 31 to 10 Niners had the uh, ball twice as much as the Rams did picked off Stafford on two of the first three drives stopped the run game 44 carries for 156 yards so look the the 49ers have absolutely had their number and in full disclosure I still got my Rams 15 to 1 Super Bowl future live 
I'm still deciding if I maybe want to hedge out here. That's what I did with Buffalo. It ended up working out. Kansas City money line gets there. So nothing ventured, nothing game. You, you know, San Francisco, the offense didn't have a lot on Saturday because Jimmy G wasn't great, but they made the plays when they have to. And that's something to be said for that. Debo Samuel mm-hmm. came up big late. George Kittle came up big late. They got pressure on Aaron Rodgers all game. So the 49ers are getting plenty of support in the market. I would not be surprised if the tickets actually favored these guys because, you know, the 49ers offensive line, I think, has kind of won the battle in the two games with the Rams. Even though the Rams lead the NFL in pass rush win rate, I think they were third in sacks this year in the regular season. Rams had four sacks in two games against the Niners. If you're only giving up two sacks a game against this front four for the Rams, then you're doing a very good job. I'm so conflicted in this matchup because, again, Kyle has won the last six against Sean McVay straight up. That's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the last six, he's just dominated this series uh, in recent history. You watched the Niners last week, and their offense did absolutely nothing. Their only touchdown was a special teams touchdown on the blocked punt, right? Jimmy G had a lot. There was a lot of drops. They didn't help out Jimmy G early, right? And that was with Trent Williams. Right. Now they they might not have Trent Williams. Debo Samuel got hurt at the end of that game, too. Mm-hmm. So we don't know how healthy he's going to be. But I was confused because I thought Nick Bosa and Fred Warner wouldn't be the same guys. And they, they were masterful last week in playing with their injuries. So I'm so conflicted as to who San Francisco is really going to have full strength for this Rams game. And then I look at the Rams and I go, well, they've been soft as Charmin against San Francisco. And then what they do last week for the first three quarters, they beat up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and they took advantage of a very much injured Tampa Bay offensive line. That was a big story and one of the reasons I was on the Rams. And it proved to be right because they pressured Tom Brady. That right side without Tristan Wurfs was absolutely – They were DOA. And even the left side was getting beat by Vaughn Miller. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 49ers a little bit healthier. Uh, uh, We will see if uh, Trent Williams – look, Trent Williams is is always injured, but that doesn't mean he's not going to play. So, Trent Williams is obviously going to be uh, more healthy for this one because he missed the week 18 game so you know Trent Williams though was the guy that did have that holding penalty early on and then of course the next play Jimmy G threw that interception at the end of the first half so that was caused by the holding penalty but if any team has some offensive line issues it is Andrew Whitworth who did miss the game in Tampa on Sunday listed as questionable right now so if they can get him back that would obviously help but I thought that the Rams offensive line really did hold up against Tampa Bay now you got to hold up against against Bosa and Armstead, who were absolute monsters on Saturday up in Lambeau Field. So that is something that's uh, you got to watch here. Uh, 49ers defense down the stretch I thought was very good, and I it think was, it was capped off by that win at Green Bay. Fourth in DVOA over the last eight weeks. They led the league in run defense over that span, and I've been saying it all season about the Rams. Okay, when are they going to show that consistent running game? Because, look, you get Cam Akers back, who's more of your home run hitter, mm-hmm. but Sony Michelle is more your steady Eddie, and I tell you what, if they relied a little bit more on Sony Michelle on Sunday, that might not have been too close for comfort because Cam Akers with two fumbles Whoa. down the stretch. I know Akers can hit the big play, but Sony Michelle moves the runners over, and that's kind of what you needed to do is you needed to get four and five-yard gains Can't turn and move it over. the football. Yeah, you can absolutely not turn it over. But, you know, I was happy for Matthew Stafford, who was very much maligned mm-hmm. that, you know, he made the big throw when he needed it. And, 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 and Cooper Cup, by the way, is a really tough cover. 240 yards, by the way, in the last two meetings against the 49ers. So would expect that Cooper Cup is going to 
going to have another big game when they very much need it. Again, he kept waiting for the Cowboys a couple weeks ago to, to kind of get into that uh, back four of the Niners. They couldn't do it. You kept waiting for Aaron Rodgers to do it. They did it in the first drive, and that's it. Cooper Cup, let's see if he can be the guy to unlock the key here because, again, that's where the weakness is in that San Francisco defense. It's clearly not in the front seven. It's in the back four, but a lot of t- – Times teams don't have time to get to that back four. So let's see if the Rams offensive line can hold up to give Matthew Stafford the time to find Cooper Cup. Because you're right, he's always all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's such a tough cover. The problem is, can you get him the football? The Packers couldn't do it efficiently, and the Cowboys certain, certainly couldn't do it. And that's why you have the Niners here in the spot. Basically, they've already won three playoff games because they lose to the Rams in the last week of yeah. the regular season. They're not in the playoffs. So there's something to be said for that because they've won now three straight playoff games, but on the road. They, of course, won here in this stadium in Week 18, won in Dallas, and won in Green Bay. 49ers aren't going to be afraid here. I mean, it doesn't no. feel maybe as overwhelming as, like, the Bengals in the other spot in the AFC championship game. But uh, officiating might play a factor here. The official on this game, Carl Sheffers, most penalties called in the National Football League. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the program. Plus, Devo Samuel says basically, hey, sell us your tickets because you're Ram fans. You're going to sell them anyway. They've got a little beef going on there. When we come back, we'll hop into the Tuesday night college basketball slate. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Never too early to prepare for the big game. We want to make sure VEASAN is a part of your plans. We're going to be with you throughout the playoffs. And then on championship weekend, we've got 56 hours of free video coverage on VEASAN.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year. So make plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after the action on VEASAN.com. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And let's dip our toe into college basketball here. And I said it to you on Saturday when we're doing betting across America. You look up and Bruce Pearl Mm -hmm. and Auburn, well, they were number two. Now they're number one. For the first time in school history, they are number one in the AP poll. And uh, not look, in football. N- no, in 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 hoops. Okay, and and, and just a, and really deservedly so. I got to give them credit. And uh, we were actually on betting across America on Saturday, as you just mentioned. And Auburn was in the process of completing a comeback at home over Kentucky, number twelve Kentucky, a very good team mm-hmm. that John Calipari has down in Lexington. And Auburn was able to pull away late. And now they are the number one team in the country but as we saw at the end of the game anytime you beat the Wildcats in the SEC or the King Daddy program of that of that conference for forever anytime you beat them that's a big win and boy that looked like a big win for Auburn because those kids were jumping on the scorers table people were coming on the floor they were stripping the jerseys off they were flexing man it looked like they were at the Mr. (laughs) at at the uh, Mr. Olympia (laughs) finals or something out here in Las Vegas they had the pose going everything showing off the guns yeah absolutely so now you got to go on the road and play a Mm. Missouri team that look has not been great but has played better basketball of late Uh, Conzo 
Lorenzo Martin's bunch. This is an 8-10 and 10 team, so this is not a very good ball club. But if you look at here in the month of January, they've had a couple shaky efforts, that blowout against Arkansas, and I think maybe they were feeling themselves a little bit after they beat Alabama and then got blown out at Arkansas. But then a very tough home loss to Texas A&M, a very solid team, then went on the road and beat Ole Miss by 25, who just beat Florida last night. And then against Alabama on Saturday, they had Alabama down 14 early in the second half. Alabama eventually pulled away and won by 10. But this is a Missouri team that is starting to play a little bit better ball. I think they, they've got some size off the bench down low that can counteract Auburn's size. And I think that's been the total difference maker for Auburn this year is that you know what Bruce Pearl and his guys like to do. They like to press in the backcourt, full court press. He did it at Tennessee, did it at UW-Milwaukee, did it at University of Southern Indiana. So everywhere Bruce Pearl has been, he's like to press. However, this year it's been a little bit different because when you can press and you gamble for steals and you get beaten transition defense, you better have size down there to be able to be a shot blocker mm -hmm. and to stop possessions. And they have Walker Kessler, the seven footer who transferred in from North Carolina. They have Jabari Smith, 6'10, 220, who's, you know, by every NBA mock has him like as a top five pick. This kid's probably going to be a one and done after his freshman year. So when you got those shot blockers down low and Auburn, all, you know, Bruce Pearl always has some athletes, even sure. some undersized guys that are very good jumpers. So you got to have those shot blockers. So that's what I think is made a difference for Auburn when you gamble because I typically don't like that style play when you gamble too much on steals but if you have those shot blockers that can make up for it but Missouri is a good rebounding team they've got good size I think uh, you know that'll minimize the possessions and that's what Mizzou has to do I don't think that they really want to run with no. Auburn I don't think that that's going to be good I've already bet plus 14 I think it's 12 and a half at BetMGM there are some 13 and a halves in the market I think it's still worth the shot on Missouri if you, especially if you want to split at first half in game first half I think they're getting like seven okay maybe six and a half but I think Missouri is going to hang in there I think that this is a tough spot for Auburn and you got a Missouri team that look is eight and ten so you get the number one team coming in you're going to put everything oh, yeah. you have into this game because you know that okay this is not going well but I think Auburn you know how do you handle success and, you know, that's what you find with some of these teams. And on a lesser level, that's my alma mater on Sunday, Indiana. You know, they rushed the floor. They beat Purdue for the first time after losing nine straight last Thursday. And then the next time out. How do Michigan. you handle success? They did not handle success very well against Michigan. And it's a lot tougher for these college kids to handle success. So I am, uh, I am, uh, you know, hold on to your butts here. Cause it's <laughs> tough to bet against the number one Auburn Tigers, but that's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm on Mizzou. You know, I, I saw a lot of my uh, Chicago brethren uh, tweeting out today, how cold it is. It'll be four degrees back in Illinois. You get Michigan State coming to uh, Champaign to take on the Illini. Mm -hmm. Now, normally when I think of this matchup, I think defense, Right now, I'm going to think like just physical Big Ten basketball, right? Well, Michigan State, by the way, 5-0 ATS in their last five. The overs 4-1 in their last five following an ATS win. The Illini overs 11-2-1 in their last 14 overall. They're 5-2 ATS in their last seven. Now, it's 142, which after I read those numbers feels a little bit low. And right now, the Illini laying four and a half. 
Like it's top 10 Sparty. Well, this has dropped a little bit because we don't know the status of Kofi Coburn. Right. He's battling a concussion, so he is questionable. So that's why you've seen it. In terms of the total, this may be a buy low to take the over because maybe that's going to open up the offense a little bit more. And then plus you don't have a big guy down low defensively mm-hmm. like Coburn if he does not go tonight. Michigan State is the more athletic team in terms of uh, from the wings to the power forward position. They can get out on the perimeter. Uh, Big 10 opponents are only shooting 30% from the three against Michigan State. So, look, uh, Michigan State comes off that big win over Wisconsin. They've really owned the Badgers over the last few years. That Wisconsin team was as hot as anybody in the country, and Michigan State pretty much did a wire-to-wire job on them. Frazier and Curbelo, the Illinois quarter or the Illinois backcourt, rather, the quarterbacks of the offense, <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah. They haven't really been practicing a lot, apparently, because Frazier has an injured back. Curbelo has had the flu. But you look at Michigan State's guards, the concern with these guys is they do turn it over a little bit much. That's Hoggard and the kid Walker, who is the transfer out of Northeastern. Both are capable guys, but man, they they will turn it over. So you are, I think, very concerned off that. So I think you're going to see some transition offense or at least a little bit more for Michigan State, especially with no Coburn, because Illinois has not been a very good uh, transition defense no. team all season long. So uh, looking at this, and this is not one that I have bet yet, but I think to your point, even though the total has dropped, and I think it's dropped because of Coburn's status. Right. Because I think people are just, you know, a lot of times you'll see that guys just taking a number before an injury gets announced because they're like, oh, I got to take the best number. That doesn't mean they won't come back, especially these sharp guys that bet the overnights. The casual bettors aren't betting the overnights as much. So it takes a lot less money, by the way, to move these overnight numbers until you get later in the day because the limits are going to be lower. So, would would lean a little bit to the over here in this spot. Illinois, look, two straight losses. They lost that double overtime game last Monday on Martin Luther King Day mm. to Purdue. And then they went to Maryland and, and got uh. beat by a, a Maryland team that is very much struggling. Danny Manning, of course, taking over as interim coach for Mark Turgeon, who resigned earlier this year. But that's still a bad loss uh, against uh, against Maryland, even without Kobe Coburn. You should be able to kind of make it happen. But they got beat 81 to 65. They got absolutely uh, hammered, I think, down low. Maryland got 1.23 points per possession. So. I lean on the side to Michigan State. It's already discounted, though, assuming Coburn wouldn't play. But I'm to your point, I kind of like the total better. Let me give you a, one other game here that intrigues me, and I want to get your thoughts on it. It is Arizona against UCLA. Mm-hmm. And Arizona, all of a sudden, you saw them up close and personal early in the year. 5-1 and one ATS in their last six on the road. Over, again, 10-1 and one in their last 11 following an ATS win. Now, UCLA, conversely, the under – is eight and three in their last 11 overall. And they're just one, four and one ATS in their last six. So they've struggled a little bit against the number, but we are talking about two top 10 teams, powerhouses in the pac 12. What do you make of the matchup? Yeah. And uh, I do Arizona's getting the support here. I actually lean UCLA here in this spot as the home underdog at Pauley pavilion. I think, look what Mick Cronin is going to want to do. I think you're going to see him sag off the Arizona shooters because they don't want to get beat down low and they don't want to get allow a lot of points at the rim, which Arizona is very good at doing. UCLA kind of does run a little modified pack line, similar to what Cronin mm-hmm. ran at Cincinnati, albeit with much better athletes and much better talent at UCLA. So, look, 
UCLA, sometimes offensively, sometimes they can look as good as anybody. And sometimes it's like, how does this team beat anybody? So they can look like old Cincinnati <laughs> right. a little bit, even though I think UCLA wants to run a little bit. Tiger Campbell, the point guard for UCLA, is battling a thumb injury. So, you know, that is something that's going to be concerned because he's kind of the stir that straws the drink mm-hmm. and gets Yuzang going and gets Jaime Yaquez going and the entire UCLA offense. But, you know, the fans actually are back at Poly. If you've watched some UCLA games, they've had a couple COVID pauses. I know uh, our old colleague, Danielle Alvari, mm-hmm. does the MC work at some of the games, and she's been telling me they've had a couple games canceled. They haven't had fans, haven't had a lot of atmosphere, so they are going to have fans back at Poly. I think UCLA, the team that controls the pace, wins this game. And I always maintain, more often than not, it is easier to slow down a fast team than it is to speed up a slower team. So I think UCLA controls the pace here. I like them at home. All right. Kind of like the Bruins there as well, getting that three and a half at Pauly. And you're right. Fans do make a difference when you're back in that arena. When we come back, it's the king of New York. We're going to have Will Hill join us from New York City Cast and get his thoughts not only on the championship Sunday, but also some golf with you and Wes Reynolds. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on Lisa and the Sports Betting Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcomes you with a special offer in the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Plus, you're going to earn M-Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. So download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use bonus code VEASAN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. It is always a pleasure every Tuesday to be joined by the King of New York. Check out the New York City cast right here in VEASAN. He is Will Hill. Follow him on Twitter as I do at not the Will Hill. Will, how'd you come up with that handle? Is it the other Will Hill that you were worried about? 
it was the other one that I was worried about. And it's funny. I, the last time I talked to you guys, it was like Sunday, 615. We were talking Bucks Rams. It just ended. We we're saying, wow, that's the craziest game we'll ever see. And then who, <laughs> who would have known a couple hours later uh, what we were in for? It was crazy. After the Bills uh, Chiefs game, you almost forgot about the Bucks Rams. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was the same day. Just uh, one of the crazier days we'll ever see. I'm still kind of real, even though it's two days later. And, you know, as a sports better, you know, part of the network, we just move on to the next week, the next game. It's still even two days later. It's still kind of your head spinning in terms of what we saw on Sunday all day. Well, I was on the side of the Bucks and the Bills. So it was not a very profitable Sunday for me. And look, I can't count the Bucks as a bad beat, right, Wes? Because we no. felt like all week, all game, that the Rams were the right side. So it would have been a lucky one. But the they, other one they did They certainly sting. tried to give it away. They did. But the other one did sting. Because I felt like the Bills were the right side to be on on that will. I don't know where you stood on that game. And I know Wes smartly, because he had a Bills uh, Super Bowl ticket, which I also had, had the Chiefs for the game as kind of a, a little game hedge for the de facto AFC title game. How, how did you stand on that crazy Sunday? And did you get in any in-game, which I know you've been prone to do in the past? I had the Chiefs and I had the over. The over actually was a sweat because it was in 53 and a half, 54 and a half, depending upon you when you bet it. And you look at the final score off 78 points, you had it easily. It was a, that was sitting on 47 with two minutes left, fourth and 13. If out, that pass is incomplete, Chiefs probably, you know, pick up a few first downs, end the game, it ends on 47. But I had the Chiefs, but I also had, and I gave out on the podcast, uh, Bills 49 or Super Bowl at 60 to 1, and I still have Bengals 49ers at 125 to 1. Whoa. So. I had more on Bills 49ers, to be honest, and that would have been a, a nice uh, way to be heading into the weekend with both of those tickets still alive. And, man, just squib kick it. I know everyone. Anytime, anytime a group of people are all saying the same thing, usually there's another side to it. This one, I don't know if there's another side to it. And just mug the receivers. Take the five-yard exactly. penalty. Yeah. Tackle Hill. Tackle exactly. Kelsey. Make them throw the flag. Crazy. If Tyreek Hill beat you on a kick return, then he just made a hell of a play, you know, so, and you don't even give it to him. It's like, okay, I'll give up the 10 or 15 extra yards of field position for, you know, five seconds coming off the clock on a return. And you absolutely do. You mug the receivers here because the clock is going to run out. And now the game cannot end on a defensive penalty. Right. So basically what you're doing is you're like, you're keeping them in hail Mary range. You're it's forcing like, okay, the they're going to have a hail Mary. If they complete it, then they beat us. But yeah, Sean, Mc Sean McDermott's going to want that back who yeah. I think is a very good coach in this league but he's going to want that back he, he and he absolutely admitted he's like that's on me I sh absolutely should have squib kicked well, it just there. it reminds me of a few good men where in the cross-examination Tom Cruise just says, is there any chance that the old man just forgot it just seems like he forgot that that's what he's supposed to do in that instance in Jackson and they got no yeah, and they got caught up in defending the boundary, which made no sense because they had to. The Chiefs had two timeouts, and they're defending the deep ball, trying to take away the hail mary. The Chiefs aren't trying to score a touchdown there; they're trying to get exactly what they try to do. You know, get 40, 50 quick yards, which I mean, they couldn't have made it any easier for them. I mean, they just handed them 50 yards, and you know, you could say all the things. Oh, the Bills—they're young; they'll be back. Allen's young. You never know when you're going to be back. Uh, Look at the 2012 Thunder; you never know when you're going to be back. It's really hard to win. Rodgers has gone 11 postseasons without making a Super Bowl. Very hard to win. Amen to that. I remember all the chat about Dan Marino after the second year. Second year in the league, right? And they lose to the Niners in the Super Bowl. Oh, don't worry. He'll be back. He was never back ever again. The, the okay. 2015 Mets, they got all that young pitch, oh. and they lose to the Royals. They should have been. Don't, oh, they'll be back. He's yeah. just, he's don't just do twisting the knife. Don't do that, right Will. I mean, the here. king of New York Jeez. getting right in on me. Okay, <laughs> so to that end, right? So now the Chiefs get that dramatic come from behind win. I, I don't even know what the percentage chance was of winning with 13 seconds to go down three, but they do that. Now here come the Bengals, right? And let's be honest, Will, they didn't look 
overly impressive. I mean, it's a nice – anytime you beat the number one seed and you do it on the road – I guess that's still impressive, but they did give up nine sacks. So how do you handicap this one now when you look at the Bengals getting seven here at BetMGM or seeing some seven and a halfs? Is it dependent on the number for you, or do you already have a firm handicap here? Because I have that Bengals 49ers ticket, I don't know if I'm going to let it ride, to be honest, if I could tease the Chiefs. I'm trying to figure out how to play this. To me, the Chiefs are in perfect teaser range. You know, could you make the case this is a letdown spot? It's hard to sell that in the AFC title game, a letdown spot. Maybe they come out a little flat. Uh, because of, of the emotional game the other uh, on Sunday, maybe to me, it's just hard to see that Bengals offensive line holding up. I, I'm sure they'll have their moments. Burrow will have his moments. Chase had, will have his moments. Remember we were watching that game on the green zone just a few <laughs> weeks ago. Chase had 260 something yards. Burrow had four touchdowns. The Bengals will get their points. I just don't see them getting a lot of stops. Uh, maybe a chiefs team totals the way to play it. Uh, I think it, I, I lean towards the over. I know the over's already taken some money. So you kind of missed the best number there. Uh, I, I would figure the chiefs find a way to get it done. Do they cover the seven? I'm kind of indifferent on that. And again, I have that future in pocket, so I'm not going to probably get involved. You're always worried about a backdoor with Cincy. I just have a hard time. This is a tough spot uh, for a bad offensive line. It's going to be loud in that building. You figure, uh, you figure the chiefs will find a way to march on. And uh, with that being said, Mahomes is still plus 175 to win Super Bowl MVP. Maybe you just put that in your pocket and say, you know what? They'll probably win this game uh, in, in a week on Monday. This will be, you know, Mahomes will be minus 150 or something to be mm-hmm. Super Bowl MVP because they'll be favored in the game. Mahomes will be favored to win the award, and uh, maybe that's the way to approach it. Well, we've already talked about, Will, what I'm most excited about for the AFC Championship game is that Bill Vinovich is the assigned referee oh. <laughs> who calls the least amount of penalties in the yes. National Football League, so immediately that makes me consider him the best referee in the National <laughs> Football League. Meanwhile, on the other side in the NFC Championship Sheffers. game, the most frequently uh, uh, flag-happy uh, official, that would be Carl Sheffers, uh, leads the league in penalties called. That's 49ers-Rams. By the way, we did just see a big bet here right here behind us at the South Point. The uh, legendary Jimmy Vaccaro posts the ticket $220,000 early in the week on the 49ers at plus three and a half. Will, is that your money uh, that you that you went ahead and uh, (laughs) got down, called the boys in the back and say, give me three and a half on the Niners? If it was, that'd be the direction to go. I don't think it's going to close three and a half. Now, look, these books, they don't want to take action on both sides of the three as they already took a bunch of 49ers money at four and then at three and a half. If you go to two and a half, then you have people betting the Rams. You worry about middling yourself as a book. Not that we feel too bad for the books. So I don't know that they're going to go to two and a half, but I think those three and a half are going to start to disappear. There's going to be plenty of sentiment for the 49ers. They've beaten them six times in a row. Uh, there's a weird rock, paper, scissor thing in the NFC West where the 49ers own the Rams, the Rams own the Cardinals, uh, the, the Seahawks own the 49ers. It's kind of a weird situation, but uh, to me, I also think there's going to be plenty of 49ers fans at, at this game in LA. There's not a huge support, a ton of support for LA uh, for the Rams in LA. Uh, I like the 49ers. I think this is a grinded out game. Uh, if you look at them in terms of yards per play on offense, defense, they're dead. Even uh, I think it's going to be a great game. Three and a half to me is a lot of points. I give the 49ers a great chance to win the game. I, I, I want to be on the side of the Niners here, and I've been against them the first couple of weeks, and that's obviously not been profitable. I'm just worried about the injuries, but I totally understand the handicap here because I think even strength, if everybody is healthy, I'm, I'm totally with you. I would take the three and a half, and that's probably where I'll end up going to y'all's point because this number probably will come down to three. Let's get in some golf because, uh, Wes, you do a great job in the network handicapping golf. Will, you do as well. So let's talk about why you like Sam Burns at the Farmers Insurance Open and Patrick Mahomes to be the Super Bowl MVP as a parlay? What do you got going here, Will? Uh, uh, 
I think the, no, those were separate. I just okay. mentioned that it's a good number to grab with Mahomes. I guess if you could parlay it, why not? But uh, no, I, I like Burns here. And you get him like 25 to one. He played well in this tournament last year. He was tied for third going into the last round, had a bad Sunday, but he's a guy with a, a really well-rounded game. Uh, when you look at him, he, he won an event late last year. He had a bunch of top 10 finishes late last year. Uh, he, he's in the mix for a lot of these tournaments. He, he's a hell of a player, short game, long game. He's got all the tools. So I, I'm interested in what West thinks and what's going to be ultimately on, on Wes's card. But Burns is definitely a guy I'm looking at. For well, this uh, there's going to be a couple people at Visa and have Burns on their card. Our own Matt Eumanns, uh like Sam Burns this week. And Matt Brown, the pride and joy of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Sam Burns, of course, an LSU Tiger. Always like Sam Burns. <laughs> I know he has good price on him to win a Masters. Would not be surprised if you tune in the primetime action here on Beeson to see Sam Burns on that guard, but uh, played very well here last year. No reason he can't go well again. All right, so we'll see how that plays out. I like that uh, 25 to 1 play. And again, if you can get Patrick Mahomes now, I think that's really salient advice there because they're going to be the, the favorite against the Rams and or the Niners if they beat the Bengals come Sunday. He is the king of New York, everybody. Will Hill, follow him on Twitter at NotTheWillHill. Thanks, Will, as always. When we come back, a points race. We'll get to it in the title games. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.